Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. We encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that online at fellowshipgj.com. Pick the giving option that works best for you and help us to continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's message. Well, guys, good morning. I know that it is November 20th, but I want you to bear with me for a moment because I want to talk to you about New Year's for just a moment. And this is why. I believe that God is speaking to us that he wants us, the people of Fellowship Church, to do 2017 differently than we've done years in the past. And in fact, I believe that God is actually speaking into our church, that he wants to release some things into our church. He wants to release some things into your family. He wants to release some things into your personal life. And, uh, but the Bible says something about this because this stuff that we've been hoping for, it's stuff we've been praying for. And the Bible says, Proverbs 24, 27, it says, put your outdoor work in order and get your fields ready. After that, build your house. I love that the Amplified Bible says it this way. It says, put first things first. So we are going to put first things first this year. We are going to put Jesus first this year. Fellowship Church, we're going to start the year off with a revival this year. This is something that our church has never done before. I want you to hear me on this. This is something that our church has never done before. And, and you say, well, what is a revival? What, what does this mean? Well, this revival, this first revival that we're going to start the year off is a three-day commitment. It's a three-day commitment for the entire family. This is for, we're going to have full-blown children's ministry. That Your kids are welcome. Your teenagers are welcome. This is something for your entire family where we're going to start off the year with four services over three days. And, and, and i got to tell you, we're going to start off Sunday morning. And it, I don't believe that it is a, a, just a coincidence that January 1st is a Sunday morning this year. I believe God wants to do something very special, very significant in our church. And we're going to start off Sunday morning, January 1st, with the word that God uh, is impressing on us to release into our church. It begins then Sunday morning, 9 and 11. And then we are going to continue with three nights of services, 6 to 8 p.m. on Sunday night, Monday night, and Tuesday night, where we believe God just wants to release passion and hope and power back into our church, back into our lives. And, and I'm, guys, I'm excited about this. I feel, I, I feel right now like I just need the Holy Spirit to help me right now because I believe that there is something he wants to release in our church. And, and, and I, I'm concerned that, that there's people in this room right now that just like the Bible says, Anytime the seed of the word of God is released, the enemy will send birds, send demons to come and try to steal that seed away. So there are some of you in here right now that you're hearing about this event, this revival event, and you're already starting to think that's not
not for me. And that's the enemy coming and trying to steal something away from you. Because I believe God wants to release things in our church. He wants to do things that we've hoped for. He wants to do things that we've prayed for. I mean, we've been begging, God, would you do something? And you say, well, why? Why would we start our year this way? Why would we start off with, with three days of services? And not just that, guys, we're going to have our, our building open all three days. So if you want to come, our worship center is going to be open with people here to pray with you. So you can come in and fast and you can come in and pray uh, over your lunch breaks. If you've got to work on Monday and Tuesday, we know that there are schedules where you might be working and then picking your kids up. So we're going to have sandwiches available here before the services start at 6 p.m. So you can get here, feed your kids, and, and then um, get them into their area where they're going to be poured into, so you aren't going to have any excuses to, uh, to miss out on what God wants to do in your life here. So why do this? But why is because you've already tried it different ways. I mean, let's be honest. We, we're exactly where we are because what we've done year after year after year has gotten us where we are. And there's some of you that have been praying going, God, I need a breakthrough. I need things to change. I want, I want stuff to be different. And, and, then, and then we do things the exact same way. And for some people, New Year's looks the same. For some, it's just a nonchalant. It's just another day. But we see that first, they're very important to God. All throughout the Bible, we see that, that, that who we put first is important, what we do first is important, what we give first is important, that it is very significant when we have a, be, a, a time to begin that we put him first. You say, but wait, I, I got other stuff going on. I mean, we've done the other things. We've, we, we've put in workout programs, and, and we, we've, we've got our sledding trips, and we've got our traditions for football, and we've got all this. I mean, I mean we've done all of this other stuff, I mean, why not? Why not for 2017 Fellowship Church? Why not let's do something different? Why not let's put ourselves in a place, position ourselves and get ourselves in a place where God can bless us? Because he wants to bless you. Church, I hope you know this. You know, Ephesians 3.20 says, he is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or even imagine. If you stop for a moment... Thank you, Jesus. If you stop for a moment and you just start imagining, God, what if you were to do the most amazing things in my life and the, the greatest things that you could come up with, where, where your family is changed, where, where lives are healed, where your, your whole business that you work with comes to know Jesus, where, where there's overflow in our church every week, the, the best things you could imagine. God is saying, well, that's kind of a joke to me because I can do so much more than that. And I want to do so much more than that. So you say, Dan, why are we talking about January 1st here on November 20th? And that's because there's a lot of you that right now I know you're making your holiday plans. You, you, you're weeks out where you've got your work schedule coming into place. And I, I'm giving you a heads up because I believe that this is something that I'm positioning for God to do something in our lives. He wants us as a church to be unified together. And I don't want you to be the one to miss out on it. I don't want you and your family to be the one that, that yeah, you did the, the same old sledding trip that you've always done, or, or, or you went to the same old parties, and you're waking up and burning off a hangover and going, man, I wish I would have done something differently this year. I wish it would have looked differently in my life this year. So I'm telling you now, because I'm telling you, you might need to, to change some plans. 
It, you might right now go, well, um, but we've always done this and, and I'm giving you enough time because maybe you need to change some flights and fly in earlier. Maybe you need to ask someone else to fill in your shifts so you can be off because I believe, guys, I believe that God is speaking to our church that he wants to do something radical. He wants to release something into your life, but it's not gonna happen if we keep putting everything else first. It's only gonna happen when we get our priorities right and we realize that, you know what, Jesus is preeminent. He is before all, he's above all, and he is going to be first. Mm. So, Fellowship Church, do you want to see what Jesus could do in your life this year? Then it's bigger than just a shout and a holler, it's a commitment. And I want to encourage you to leave today, sit down with your spouse, sit down with your coworkers, sit down with whoever you need to, and open up your calendar and make some changes. Make a three-day commitment to begin our year praying for God to release his power in our church in a whole new way, whole new way. Wow. Guys, that's not even my message today. <laughs> Would you pray with me? So like, that's just an announcement. Can you tell, like, I believe God wants to do something in our church. Mm. Heavenly Father, right now we pray that you would help us. I pray that, God, for every, any weakness I had, anything I said wrong, anything I did that's outside of what your word is for our church, I pray you forgive me for that. And I pray right now that your word would go forward and that you would change us, that you get us ready, you get us positioned, that, God, we would recognize you are before all, you are above all, and we are putting you first. And right now, as we get in your word, I believe that on top of all of this goodness that you have in store for us in the future, you have something in store for us today. So, God, I pray that as we get in your word in this short amount of time we have together, that, that you would just reveal your truth to us. Help us today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. The title of today's message is actually Don't Lose Your Edge. Don't Lose Your Edge. There's a scripture we find in 1 Kings chapter 6, verse 1. And we see here in this scripture, we see that there are a group of prophets that are hanging out serving Elisha. And as they're serving him, um, something comes up where they realize, like, they need, some, they, they need to make some changes. It's like, we're meeting together. We don't have a big enough place to meet together. So we just need to get some work done. And the group of men decide to do some work. And that's where we're going to pick it up here. It says, one day a group of prophets came to Elisha and told him, as you can see, this place where we meet, with you is too small. Let's go down to the Jordan River while there are plenty of, where there are plenty of logs. There we can build a new place for us to meet. All right, he told them, go ahead. Please come with us, someone suggested. I will, he said, so he went with them. And when uh, they arrived at the Jordan, they began cutting down trees. So they went from just having a plan of what they were going to do to actually putting the plan into practice. And we see that it says, but as one of them was cutting the tree, his axe head fell into the river. Oh, sir, he cried. It was a borrowed axe. Where did it fall? The man of God asked. And when he showed him the place, Elisha cut a stick and threw it into the water at the spot, then the axe head floated to the surface. Grab it, Elisha said. And the man reached out and grabbed it. The title today is Don't 
lose your edge. I need you to help me preach today. Elbow the person sitting next to you. Tell them, don't lose your edge today. Don't lose your edge. I think your edge represents your passion. It represents your hope. Your edge represents that eagerness to move forward. Some of you, you had an edge. You, you were ready every day. You had, you had excitement. And somewhere along the way, you felt like you lost it. And I believe that you're going to get it back today. I believe God is going to show you how he's going to bring it back to the surface. He's going he's to make it float again today. Have you ever felt like... Um, you had everything you needed to accomplish a job or go on a task. You had all the tools involved, but then somewhere along the way, something happened, and you, you, you experienced that feeling of realizing, oh, I don't have what I need, and this isn't just a nuisance. This is bad. Many of you know I'm an outdoorsman, and uh, just a couple weeks ago, I think it was like two and a half weeks ago, I went on a hike, and it was one of the big hikes I tell you about where, like, I don't work out for a while, so I go, today I'm going to go, like, on a 15-mile hike and make up for it. Like, it was one of those type of days. And I decided, like, for me to do something like that, I need to be prepared. And I packed really quickly. I have my pack that I take with me, and it's normally fully packed, ready to go. I kind of open up, I looked in there, I'm like, I got some dehydrated food, I got my, like, my little stove thing, I'm good to go. So I can, I can go, I can go on a significant hike today and, and, and I'll come back. And I remember I was about five miles into this hike and starting to feel low on calories, a little bit shaky, and, and I, I sat down to pull out my stuff so I could eat. And, um, and I pulled out my dehydrated food, and I pulled out had my little stove thing. It's a little jet boil. And I opened it up expecting to pull out my fuel canister, and I realized I don't have any fuel for my fuel canister. So here I am out in the woods, and I've got, I got dry food, and I have no way to cook it. And, and for a moment, I mean, if you look at me, it's like I'm not necessarily one of those people that's used to going very long without eating. So this is a panic moment. I'm like... Oh, dear God, like, what am I going to do? And, like, I, I, I calm myself down for a minute. I think, I think I'm going to be okay. I think, I think I'm going to be all right. But I realized I thought I had the tools with me I needed, and then all of a sudden uh, I came to a quick realization that, whoa, whoa wait a minute, I, I don't have the tools I need. I wonder if you ever felt that way, not just on some goofy hiking trip, but, but you gather the tools you need. You, you, you come into church looking to gather the tools you need for the week. I mean, I mean, we, we see it here. We, we see that what happened, this is, I'm going to go ahead and jump down to where it says, please come with us. They're asking him to come along. It says, I will, he said. So he went with them. And when they arrived at the Jordan, they began cutting down trees. Now, th this, is, this is just ordinary, normal, everyday life. This is when you go back to work. This is when you return to the job site. This is when you return to the cubicle. This is when you, you go back to just everyday life. And the Bible says that while they were cutting down trees, an axe head fell off of the handle and, and, it, and it fell into the water. This signifies when you lose your edge. When you thought you had what you needed to make it through the week, but all of a sudden now it's like, now I'm feeling hopeless. Now I'm feeling passionless. Now I'm feeling depressed. Now I'm feeling like I just, I don't have it together. People are asking me questions and I don't know what I, I, I need anymore. And let's pause for a minute. Because these men were at work and they needed tools to accomplish the work. You, couldn't, you can't just go cut down trees unless you have the proper tools. They needed the tools and that's why many of you are at church today. You're gathering the tools. 
because you know you can't get through this week with all the things that God wants you to accomplish unless you're gathering the tools of his word and his encouragement and what he wants to speak into your life today. So you're gathering tools and he's gathering the tools uh, or he's got this tool, but the tool is, is not for the extraordinary. It's not for when this place is built and they're going to they're gonna meet together. The tool is for the ordinary days, the, the Monday, the Tuesday, the Wednesday, the Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. A lot of times we look for miracles to happen on the extraordinary. We look for it to happen on, on the Sundays of life, but... We see Jesus is about to do a big miracle. God is going to do a big miracle on a very ordinary day. One of them was cutting a tree. His axe head fell into the river. Again, this represents losing your edge. I lost my passion. I wasn't making it. I was making it, but now I'm just trying to survive. And this is what he said. He said, oh, sir, he cried. It was a borrowed axe. Guys, There's so much significance in the fact that this man is freaking out right now about this tool. And the reason he's freaking out is it's a borrowed axe. Because it's one thing if you lose something and you were the source of it and you know how to go back and get it again. But what if you borrowed something and you don't even know how to get it back? I mean, there are people in this room and you're here with borrowed tools. You're here living on borrowed faith. And I wonder, are are you freaking out because you're starting every week off and you're trying to borrow the faith of a coworker who you see them loving Jesus and you see their life seems to be working out. Or you're, you're here and you're seeing your parents had faith and you're trying to borrow their faith. And then all of a sudden you get in a spot where you're going, I feel like I don't know what I've got to do. I don't know what I, I even need here. I'm like, I'm scared. I, I, this was borrowed and I lost it and I don't even know how to get it back. This man was here freaking out because he goes, I, I wasn't the source of this, and I need it, and I don't know what to do. You know, I, 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 I need to get it back, and he says, oh, sir, he cried, it was borrowed. So what this man does when he finds himself realizing, you know what, I've lost what I need, he goes to the man of God. He goes to Elisha, and Elisha, he He's the prophet of God. God speaks directly through Elisha to the nation of Israel. But in this story, we see that that as the man of God, he represents the presence of God as well. So the first thing this man decided to do when he lost something that he so desperately needed is he went to the presence of God. And I wonder, are there some of you here that you've lost something along the way and you still haven't brought it up to the presence of God? You haven't gone to him and said, well, God, directly, I need to come to you and tell you I lost something I need. I lost my passion. I lost my hope. I'm losing my marriage, God. I, I, I need some help. Have you brought it to God? And this man, he brings it to God. And he, he says, I'm discouraged. I'm scared. I mean, this is going to have great price if we look at it the iron itself was expensive in this time and 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 he knew that there was a cost to him not having what he needed right now he was freaking out and I wonder have you said God I've lost something I need see what most of us know is we know that axe heads don't float 
We know that iron, it, it sinks. What most of us know is when you lose your passion, you don't get it back again. What most of us know is that when you lose your intimacy in your marriage, it doesn't come back. What most of us know is that when your health starts to go, then that's just the end of it. But what this man knew is he knew if I could go to the man of God, if I could get to the word of God, then something that appears to be sinking, something that appears to be disappearing, that's going away, it's not over yet because God is involved. It's not over yet, and there's still hope. There's still a chance for him to bring this back. I lost something, and if I could go to the man of God, if I could just get into the presence of the word of God, then something can change. See, what a lot of us do is we tend to have a, or we have a tendency to simply walk away from something when we lose it. Because we believe, like, you know, the fire just went out in that marriage, so I'm going to find a different wife. You know, the passion just went out in my church, so I'm just going to find a different church. You know, my, uh, my faith felt like it was on fire and I'm struggling now, so I'm just going to try yoga or I'm going to try self-help or something like that. And, and we think it's like, if, if, if I lose it, then maybe the easiest thing is that we just simply walk away. But this man brought the problem to God. Said I had an axe head and it was borrowed and I've got to get it back. I need it back. I need, I need my edge back. And Elisha says something so powerful. And I hope you don't miss this. He says, take me to the place where you lost it. Take me to the place where you lost it. Where, where did it fall, the man of God asked. Take me to that place where you lost your edge. Take me to the place where the intimacy started to fall apart in your marriage. Take me to the place where where sadness started to turn into depression. Take me to that place. That's why some of you are here today. You're here to recover something that you lost. You lost your faith. You lost your hope. You you lost just that that zeal for life. That that want to get out of bed and, and start another day. That eagerness for life. And there's got to be a point where you say, you know what, I, I, I refuse to just let it sink. I refuse to just let this die. If God is involved, then he can bring it back. I don't know how he's going to bring it back, but if God is involved, he can bring it back. And God, through the prophet Elisha, says, take me to that place where you lost it. What a lot of us do at church is we, we try to keep things at the surface level. When God's saying, take me to that, that deep place where it's lost, that deep place where it's gone, we say, no, no, I just want to keep things at the surface. So we do our, our Sunday thing, right? I mean, you, you all look nice today. You're dressed up nice. You look sharp. I mean, and, and, and what we do is we put our Sunday best on, and we're like, everything's good on the outside. Everything's fine. The truth is, some of you, you were screaming at each other in the car on the way here, and you just hit the pause button for a moment, and you're sitting next to each other like, that's my armrest, don't take my armrest from me right now. But on the surface, like, no, we're good, we're, everything's good, bless Jesus, praise God, right? <laughs> Jesus is good, he's faithful, I know he's faithful, that's not what I'm asking, I'm asking, how are you? How are you doing right now? Because we tend to keep things at a surface level. The truth is, uh, I've lost an axe before, like literally. 
I was, I was hacking away at a juniper tree in my backyard, and, and it came off, and it fell, and, and, and the good news was is it fell in the bushes. So I, I just was able to go recover it. But what happens when you lose something, and you lose it in such a deep, dark place, you don't even know how to recover it? Like, because God's saying, take me to that place. Take me to that dark place, that deep place. And i got to tell you that God wants to do something in you that you've been trying to cover up. He, he wants to do something in you where you, you said, no, that, that, that is a lost cause. It's just, it is the way it is. It's the way it's going to be. And we want to try to keep God on a surface level. And, and what we'll do is we'll think, well, you know what? Well, at one point, it was just an argument, it was surface, but, but now it's sinking. Now it's turning into talks of separation and talks of divorce. At one point, it was just sadness and a, and a couple lonely days, but now it's sinking into a dark place of depression. You know, I, at one point, I was just discouraged, but now I feel myself getting to a place of loneliness or hopelessness. At one point, it, 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 it was a place of, of loneliness and frustration, and now I feel completely isolated. Now I'm at this dark, dark place. What do you do when you see your marriage sinking? What, what do you do when you see your kids sinking? What, what do you do when, when you're like, you recognize it's sinking, it's going away, it's, it's, it, it, it's becoming something that looks like it's going to be out of your reach. And if it would have just fallen in the bushes, I could have got my hands on it and I could have fixed it myself, but now it's outside of my grasp. What do you do there? Well, keep your courage up, church. Keep your courage up, mom. Because let me tell you, if you do what this man did and you take it to the presence of God, God's going to ask the question. He's going to say, take me to that place where you lost it. Take me to that place. And with one word from God through his prophet here, with one word from God, the iron head started floating on the water, defying the laws of buoyancy. With one word from God. And that's what God's word can do in your life. With one word from God, it could defy the laws of buoyancy in your life, and it can change you. One word can absolutely change you. So this is where faith then can become your testimony. When you've lost something and you hold on to one word from God, and now all of a sudden because you're holding on to one word from God, it's like there's a new buoyancy in you, and people are looking at you going, wait a minute, how are you making it now? You should be sinking. Like, the doctor gave you a diagnosis that puts a lot of people out, and you are not scared at all. You're not, you're not freaking out. Wait, how are you not sinking right now? One word from God can take you to a place where all of a sudden now you're buoyant. You're floating through it. And it freaks people out. Man, it, it messes with people. When, when, when God's children start to receive his power and his strength, the world goes, no, 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 that's not the way we handle this. We go, to, we go to therapy and we freak out and we call up our aunt and we gripe about things. And that, that's, We don't just walk through this as calmly and as boldly and with one word from God, this thing that should never have floated again, now all of a sudden is floating. I've seen people hold on to a word from God. Because Elisha, when, when the axe head floated to the top, he said, grab it. And they reached out and they, they grabbed on to that thing that God brought back to the surface. And I've seen people in our church 
go through some dark, dark places and they hold on to that word from God. Or maybe someone remembering God's word says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So then when you are looking down a really dark season, and you're looking down a dark diagnosis, and you're looking down some scary financial times, you're going, "What? but God said he'll never leave me nor forsake me, and I'm going to grab it. Just like the prophet Elisha said, grab it. I'm going to hold on to that. I'm going to keep a grip on this now. It's not going to be borrowed anymore. I'm not going to just let it be someone else's faith. I'm going to grab onto this as being my own. And as I hold on to this going, God is telling me that he's never going to leave me nor forsake me. I'm going to be able to walk through some places that, that maybe some other people aren't able to walk through. It says here, it says, when he showed him the place... Elisha cut a stick and threw it into the water at the spot. Then the axe head floated to the surface. Grab it! I want to just pause because I think we can read through this story really quickly and, and, and miss what took place here. He goes to the man of God and he says, uh, I lost something important. I lost my edge. You know, I lost what I needed. I lost my tools. You got to help me here. And what the Bible says is that Elisha went off and cut a stick. No, sir, I don't know if you heard me. I, I need some help here. And what Elisha does is Elisha walks off towards the trees. Did it appear that the man of God just walked away from the situation that I just told him about? And Elisha finds himself over here. He's cutting a stick. And what a lot of us will do is, is we tend to get distracted when we ask God for help. We say, God, God, my marriage is falling apart. My kids are freaking out right now. Like, my health is going downhill. you got to help me. And God says, okay, I'm going to do something about it. And since it doesn't look exactly the way we, we thought it would look, since it looks like maybe God turned his back on us and is walking away right now, we all of a sudden go, I guess that didn't work. I'm going to look for something else. I'm going to try to find something else. It reminds me of when my kids come to me and they'll tell me, Daddy, the game console's broken. And I'll go down and I'll start working on our game system and getting it working again. And it's like, but, but while I'm working on it, they got distracted. They left. They did something else. When I'm done fixing the game console, I can't even find them. Hey, girls, it's done. There you go. It works again. Everybody's happy. Where are you? Where are you? Guys, I, I wonder, are you there? When you ask God for a miracle, are you there to reach out and grab it when he brings it to the surface? Because, I mean, let's just be honest. This is something that God is speaking to me about this new year. Is There's a lot of stuff that gets in first place in our life. There's a lot of stuff that we put in first that shouldn't be in first. And we go to God and we say, God, I need a miracle. And thank God this man in the story was there to receive the miracle. Because what if he had, like, what if he had some other opportunity? I mean, what if the Broncos were pl playing at 11 that day? I'm not joking. I'm not trying to pick on the Broncos. Not trying to pick. I love the Broncos. But there are some of you in this room that, that have done exactly what I've done. And that is, God, I need some help. I need an answer. Speak your word to me. Give me some hope. Bring my tools back. Bring my edge back. Bring my passion back. Well, I guess, did you realize I could go to the lake this weekend? I, I'm going to go to the lake this weekend, and I'm going I'm to 
miss the very opportunity that God started working on to give me that word that I had been hoping and praying for. I wonder, are you going to be there to reach out and grab exactly the thing that God brought to the surface in you? See, I believe right now that that's what the Holy Spirit is doing for some people in this room. Is There's something that's been in a dark place and he's bringing it to the surface right now. He's bringing it to a place of going, look, I can bring hope back here. I can bring life back here. I can, I can bring passion back here. I can, I, I, I can bring it back to the surface. But you realize you've you got to reach out and grab it. Let's think about that for a minute. If God can do a miracle and if God can make an axe head float, and there's people waiting around to watch this miracle happen, why didn't God just like hover the axe head all the way back to the man? Uh, honestly, is it not a miracle enough? Like, if you're already going to make the thing float, why, why didn't he hover it back to the man and give it to him, put it in his hands to give it to him right there? Because, because God can do the miraculous. He can do the miracles. He can forgive. He can change lives. But he expects us to participate. He expects us to act in faith and reach out and grab onto what he said to obey him, even if it doesn't make sense, to hold on to truth, to hold on to his word, even if it doesn't make sense. So are you ready to grab it? I mean, that's why God just brought it to the surface, but then, then he, the man was told, grab it. You gotta grab it. Not Elisha grabbed it, because Elisha could have grabbed it. Right, well, why didn't Elisha reach down and grab it and give it to the man? After all, the man came to Elisha, asked Elisha for help. Elisha did like what he could do. Now there's a miracle happening. It could come up to the surface. Why not just finish the job, Elisha, and give it to the man? I think there's a lot of us that we go, we want someone else to finish the job for us. I want the counselor to read the book for me. I, I, I want someone else to pay my bills for me. I want someone else to get on the treadmill for me. I want someone else to finish the job. And, and, and we're going, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Then we're back to the same problem we had at the beginning. And the same problem was that this was borrowed. It's borrowed. It's not yours, is it? It's not your faith. It's not your word from God. You've been holding on to someone else because you haven't reached out and grabbed that very thing that God put in front of you. See, last week, that it was such a beautiful gift that my father stood on this stage and he, he, he pulled out his chair and he sat down and he gave us a little glimpse of what it looks like to get into the word of God. To sit down in the morning and pray and read your Bible and start hearing some of this stuff. And, and when you hear God's word for your life, that's the opportunities you have to grab it. And, and when you start hearing words at church services, that's your opportunity to grab it. We start hearing things on podcasts, driving down the road. That's your opportunity to grab it. When a friend calls you up to pray for you and encourage you, that's your opportunity to grab it. But you got to grab it. And you have to make it your own. And one of the best ways to do this, to make sure you're making it your own, is when you hear God speak encouragement into your life, share it with someone else sometimes. Or write it down. Not everything should be shared, but, but, but at least write it down so you know, I heard this from God. And you got to preach these things to yourself. Let me tell you something a pastor shouldn't tell you. I get pretty scared sometimes. 
I mean, I, I look at some of the responsibilities ahead of me. I look at some of the things as a father I deal with. I, I look at some of the life ahead of me, and I go, like, like there's meetings I go into sometimes where, where I just feel like fear, like starting to, to just well up inside me. And these are the times when I have to start preaching to myself. These are the times where I got to grab on to that thing Jesus brought to the surface. And when I was grabbing on to his word, he showed me some things. And I can remember that, that in Joshua 1 verse 9 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I can remember that I read in 2 Timothy where Paul was saying, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. So it's in those times when I feel, feel the fear starting to well up inside me. I'm going, I'm not going to live off of someone else's borrowed faith. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preach to myself right now, and I'm going to grab onto God's word. And he says, be strong and courageous. And he didn't give me a spirit of fear. So I'm feeling fear right now because the enemy is trying to get me to miss out on something that God wants for me. So I'm going to walk in here bold. I'm going to walk in here with my head high. I'm going to walk in here ready to go. And you've got to preach to yourself. You've got to grab on to what God is speaking to you. He will do the miraculous. He will do the impossible. But you have to participate. And you have to reach out and grab it and make it your own. That's how salvation works. Salvation works with the fact that God did the impossible. We lost our edge. As mankind, we fell away from God. We were sinning. We, we got into a place where we could never get back in right standing with God again on our own. We were falling short over and over and over and over and over again. So what God did is he did the impossible. He sent his own son, his flesh and blood. He sent himself to go die on a cross for you. To be clothed in your sin and your shame and my sins and my shame. And then in, at the cross where this great sacrifice was made for you and I, this is where the transaction happens where he reaches, it says, reach out and grab it. Now, I've done the work. Uh, you got to reach out and grab it, though. You've got to receive the fact that I've, I, I've given my son for you. And once you reach out and grab it, then I'll clothe you in his righteousness. So when I'm looking at you, I'm not seeing your sin. I'm seeing his righteousness. And that's what salvation is. And I want to talk to some of you today because I believe you're in here on borrowed faith. And I believe that there are people in this room that you're, you're a fan of Jesus. You think he's great, but you've never reached out and grabbed onto a relationship with him. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to give you an opportunity right now to grab on to Jesus Christ. To grab on to him and ask him to be your savior. You know the Bible says in Romans 10.9. It says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. So how do you grab on to relationship with Jesus Christ? You confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. And you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. So I want to encourage you right now as a church family to just say with me. Jesus is Lord. Say it right now. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. I want you to say it again. Jesus is Lord. There's some of you hesitating right now. Some of you hesitating because you're going, uh, I, 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 I don't know. I, I, I just, I got to be, 
I got, I got to be sure. I got to, there's, there's this worry. There's that. No, this is an act of faith. It's a proclamation of the fact that Jesus is Lord. He is God. He's first. He's made a way. He's done the miracle. And he's giving it to you. I'm going to say it one more time. I'm going to say Jesus is Lord. And then we're going to pray a prayer together where everyone can repeat after me. On the count of three, say Jesus is Lord. One, two, three. Jesus is Lord. Repeat this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I'm a sinner and I need forgiveness. I believe you died on the cross for me and paid the price for my sins. And I confess that you are Lord. So please forgive me and be my God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, now the Bible says if you confess with your mouth, there's an action of confession to reach out and grab it. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, you're in a room full of people who want to celebrate with you. We are going to shout and scream for you. If you prayed that prayer for the first time and you are grabbing onto a relationship with Jesus Christ, put your hand high in the air so we can celebrate with you right now. Put it up. Put it up high. I know. There you go. Right there. I saw it. Put it back up. Put it back up. That's awesome. There's a couple of those. Pop it up. Put it down. Pop it up. Put it down. No. We are so proud of you. We're so proud of you, so encouraged by you. I'm going to dismiss now. Heavenly Father, thank you for every person in this room, and I pray that you would help us to grab on to the hope that you're bringing back in our lives. We want our faith to be based off of you, not off of someone else's relationship with you. And it's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Love you guys. See you next Sunday. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, we want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You can do that right now. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord that you died on the cross for my sins, and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you now to be my Savior, to guide my life, and to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this in your precious Son, Jesus Christ's name. Amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time, or if you need prayer, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY or at prayer at fellowshipgj.com. Thanks again, and we hope to see you next week.